Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we are here tonight for a special bonus episode of the show where we're going to take a look back at this most recent Acaticon, talk about some highlights, maybe some things we might try to do differently in the future. I might even have a special announcement here at the end. Uh, joining me tonight is, I'm sorry, what was his name? Is it Michael? Is that correct? Wait, there's another person. Is that it, also Michael? So it's the three Michaels. Currently, we want to have some special yes. guests jumping in. So I'll start with the one I can actually see because I have a camera on. Michael, how are you, buddy? Good, Michael. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, we are Legion. We are mini. Uh, you, you cannot swing a dead cat without hitting a Michael around here. I'm happy to talk about a catacomb. It went really well this year, I think. I was pretty impressed by everything we did, everything that worked out right. And even the things that might not have been ideal were not so bad as to really put a, a damper on anything. So. All signs point to it was a great con. As far as I'm concerned, absolutely. I would say this is a positive, you know, I, I have said so in the past. There were there were two years where I went to a catacomb with the mindset that this was the last one. Like, I'm like, as soon as this is done, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the game. I'm going to be really nice and pretend. But when it's done, F it, I am out. Yeah, no, there's, yeah, you were going to, you were going to Seacrest that bad boy. Yeah, right? Seacrest out. And then I was like, um, you know, something happened. People were just, it was such a great event. People were so thankful. And so many people kept coming up and saying, hey, I love this event. Thank you for doing it. They kind of melted my Grinchian heart. And I'm like, okay, I guess I will do it again. The last two years have just been great. Like sh show up, feeling good. The whole time I'm there, feeling good. Went home, feeling good. Uh, I'm, I'm still riding that sort of manic high where I'm, as anybody on the Discord, I'm constantly just like, posting about it, asking questions, because I'm still in that manic state of excitement and creativity. Well, no, it's, it's literally, you know, the it's like this for a couple months before the convention, and then it'll be like this for about a month and a half after the convention. Yep. And then it will month, sort of month, month and a half. And yep. then you'll, you'll taper down and focus on the spring retreat. Mm hmm. <laughs> yep and that's kind of like kind of keeps me going uh yeah. but before we get too far we have another michael to introduce so michael that doesn't currently have a camera thank you for being here say hello to everyone hello everyone yeah i was super happy to be at gosh like number seven eight uh a catacomb for me and uh what like 10 12 11 overall the numbering system is kind of its own thing. We don't really just don't worry about it too much. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh you know a decade we'll say. And um, for all my Zoomers out there, why aren't you coming to a catacomb? Uh, you're already like uh, two minutes into a like a video, uh, an audio. Uh, you should already be booking your tickets for next year. So, well, I mean, technically they can't. <laughs> Yeah. To be, to be fair, they book can't. Your, but... Book your book your flights. Look, book them early. <laughs> That's right. You know, if you like gaming, why aren't you here? Because uh, you're gonna have a blast. And uh, I I do like to say we have a Michael for every occasion. It's <laughs> <I> really do. <laughs> it's rare that it's the same occasion for three Michaels. That that is true. So for anyone who might be new, if, if this is happens to be the first time you've heard of the RPG Academy, you saw something I posted on Facebook or or Twitter or Reddit, and you're like, okay, that sounds interesting. This is going to be a weird episode for you because all we're going to really do is talk about a catacomb, which is the gaming convention that we host. Uh, so as we've alluded, this is our 11th event, our 10th year, eighth in the public, but we missed a year for COVID. That's why we do, the, the numbered system is kind of its own thing. We don't worry about too much about it, but we've been doing it for a while. It's a ton of fun. 
and it is also a lot of work. So every year after it's done, we kind of do like a debrief. We get together and we talk about things, again, what went well, what we're excited about, what we can change or maybe bring new or maybe stop doing something that didn't really work to make each year a little bit better and better. So we're going to hit some highlights. We'll kind of see where the conversation takes us. It shouldn't be too long. So I will this time start with Michael. I can't see. Just keep the, the train rolling in a circle here. Um, so anything that stood invisible out to you. Michael. Invisible, invisible Michael. Invisible Michael. Invisible Michael. I can put on the camera if you guys want to stare. No, at no, no. You know. This is actually helpful. I mean, you're a handsome devil. I, I don't mind looking. I have a way to differentiate you. Uh, so I don't just say Michael because we're all three. If I understand, we're all Michaels. Like none of us go by Mike. Yeah, we are yeah. Michaels begrudgingly i'm a mike sometimes oh so yeah my wife calls me mike it's like yeah. she she's the one person i cannot get to change that but anyway so pass. my goal with a question mark um some any i mean thinking on highlights but anything that stood out this year that you just like oh that's that's important that you would like to share with us um yeah i, th- I would say two things that stood out in this event versus the others one is like, we're to me there's a huge influx of a younger generation. I think we're all getting into whatever our next uh, generations are. And we saw, I saw a, a lot more kids there in the eight to 15, 17 range, which I think is great. Um, I love having them there and games that are, were focused, you know, I know you'll get to it, your kids, but games that are focused on uh, and acceptable for kids that are eight to 15. Right. So I think that was a, a great shift. Um, and then two is, I think we saw a wider group of staff and support faculty um, and people sort of pitching in where needed. And, and maybe that's, I missed last year, but um, it was great to see everybody's families pitching in. It is sort of a, um, a, a group uh, effort from everybody. So that was cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to say this whenever possible because I truly am grateful. A catacon doesn't exist without, you, Michael, and you, Michael, and Chris, and Brad, and Jared, and Rocky, and you know everybody on and on on the list just keeps going on and on forever. If you people were not willing to give up a weekend of your life to come and hang out, pay your own way, buy your own food, m- many of you get your own hotel, and then work pretty hard for like 72 straight hours, it doesn't <laughs> exist. Um, and it was certainly nice we have more volunteers this year. My wife came, my kids came, Jared brought his wife and his kid. Um, you know, Chris brings his wife. Usually Melissa shows up and David's kind of a faculty at this point, you know, Bob and Emma kind of step in, uh, Emily just sort of has become adopted <laughs> by the faculty. So it does seem like we keep kind of growing. Um, but it still also feels very family oriented, like found family for sure, but definitely Catacon is a family event. Um, and I just appreciate the hell out of you guys for, for what you do for me. So thank you for that. Uh, we did have a concerted effort this year. We kind of called it the Junior Academy track. We wanted to have more kids show up. We wanted to make sure we had things for them to do if they did. I am very excited to hear you say that you saw a noticeable influx. I don't know that I did. I actually, like like looking back through this year, I would have said the Junior Academy wasn't like a failure, but it didn't have the effect that I was hoping for. And some of that was maybe just the events that we specifically labeled as Junior Academy. We had several that didn't 
didn't go, but maybe they were just doing other things like play to win and game library and just playing in regular other, you know, non-junior academy events. Uh, Cause that's one thing I wanted to discuss in our more, you know, deep divey debrief, like planning schedule was did junior academy work? Is it worth trying to do more? What can we do different? Uh, Michael, I can see. Yeah, I think <laughs> Michael, I can see. <laughs> um, I, I think what you're going to run into there is the same thing I think that plagues most conventions that have events, right? Special events, you know, larger things, which is that there's a lot of overlap. Like, so, you know, if it comes down to like there's a game that maybe one of the kids is really excited about, or maybe one of the adults is excited about and wants to play with their kid. And then there's a junior Academy event that's running at the same time. Of course, they're going to pick the other thing, you know? Um, and you know, we had, there were panels, there was, there was karaoke, there was panels, there were, there were private format games, just like the Lord McAllister's birthday and like the star Wars dread that you run. And so all of those things combined with the fact that there are so many games running and so many other smaller events running through the course of the day. It's just, I think the nature of the beast that some of those things are going to fall through the cracks. And this being the first year that we've done it, I would agree that I don't know that we marketed it as well. Um, the, the junior Academy stuff, we didn't focus on it. We didn't, we didn't really do a big focus on a big push on, here's a very kid friendly thing you can bring your kids to this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, we marketed it more of a, as a general convention that is family friendly, but specifically like here, like come teach your, like your kids can learn how to play these wonderful games with you at, at the table. Right. And, you know, uh, in an environment that's conducive for kids, you know? Um, so I'm sure there's some marketing lessons that we can learn there, things we can do to, to inc- improve it. But I do think there's a lot of value in it. And I think it is something that we should continue to grow. Okay. I think I, um, I, I hope to. I just again, I I don't yeah. want to waste effort because again, we're all volunteers, so there's yeah. only so much to go around, and we want to be successful overall, big term, long term. So if like if there's something we're doing that's just not working, then we should look at not doing it. But I also agree. I have two boys. I brought them. I'm very excited to get to have them there this year and see them run games and play games. So I'm emotionally invested in doing that, but also try to you know. Be reasonable. Part of one of the great things with a catacomb being the size that it is, is that in the case of something like, again, those junior academy events, if they're not working or they're not populated, we, you know, they get scratched off the calendar and those people are freed up to do something else. Right. Um, What now, of course, they can't sign up for other games necessarily because they committed to doing this thing at this time slot. Right. But there's enough happening that if something has to be canceled or something isn't populated and, and we can't run it, those volunteers that were involved in that aren't left holding the bag per se, right? There's enough right. to do, whether it's helping out the desk or even just popping behind the desk and sitting down and playing a game with some of the other faculty that are some of the other volunteers and faculty that are hanging out, helping people, you know, mm-hmm. or, or moving one table over to, <laughs> to another game that's going i I did three three events and in two of the three events we had at least one person that was you know a pickup to say like oh hey we were you know our sixth didn't show up do you want to play and um that 
grassroots was, I think, the word I was looking for. It has a very uh, home country feel in terms of uh, how accepting we are to anybody step stepping up to any table. Right. Um, so that does bring me to one thing I did want to talk about as an opportunity. And again, this this isn't the forum for the deep dive discussion, but it's something yeah. I certainly recognize that we could do a better job of is I, I put way too much trust, I guess, in the event schedule. Because like all the junior academy stuff was in the event schedule. The karaoke was in the event schedule. The panels were in the event schedule. The game swap was in the event schedule. And then we had so many walk-ins, which was great. We were so excited for that. But the number of people who showed up just walked in, they had not looked at the event schedule. Most of them never looked at the event schedule. They played open play stuff. They just walked around. They might've been some of the people Michael talked about. They just sort of saw what was going on and then jumped in to play games. So the fact that we had games on other floors, they, knew, they had no idea. The fact that we had junior academy games, they had no idea. The game swap was an abject failure because no one knew it was happening. And that is definitely something I want to do better next year. We need to find a way to have focused advertising on the ground in the room saying, this is what's happening today. Upstairs at two is a panel, game swaps at three, karaoke's at seven, that people just have to see with their eyes when they walk in. Because I would say more than half the people that came never looked at the schedule at all. That might be, and from a solutions perspective, I know that we are working on a digital solution for a lot of these things. Yep. Uh, you know, we that was partially implemented this year, and then I'm sure next year we'll evolve that as well. But that can be as easy as a, a whiteboard, mm -hmm. right? A big whiteboard that says, here's what's happening today. Here's yep. the big, here are the events for the day, right? And not counting the games on schedule, but again, like the game swap being something that had people known about it ahead of time or more people known about it ahead of time and been able to like schedule time for it or book time for it, we could have had a pretty good response. Mm -hmm. But it's again, when you're talking about events, it's like, um, you know, um, I, I ran, I ran a panel on Friday and, you know, attendance at the panel was good. Wasn't a full room. Sure. But I also know that that panel is running at the same time that a lot of games are running, a lot of other things that people want to do. And fortunately, all these events, because of the way timing works, force people to make choices. Yep. And that's partially by design. Like, yeah. like there is a thing I want there to be so many things to do that just you, if you're lucky, you get the seven events everyone wants, everyone else is screwed. Like there is some intent to this is a cool event that I know people want. And it's right at the same time this other cool event is so that different people can get in. But I also think that's another thing we should look at. Normally I request, like when I'm sending out information to GMs, I'm like I, I want you to basically schedule nine to one, two to six, seven to 11 as like a standard schedule. That works best for obviously for RPGs, but some like board games are an hour, some are three, yeah, yeah. some are five. But for the most part, we should look at nine to one, two to six, seven to 11, but I don't force that. Like you, you're yeah. welcome to do whatever the heck you want, but I want you to keep that in mind. We had a lot of people this year who did not follow that. And maybe that's the key is a 90% have to be there. And then we schedule panels at one and at six so that they fall in between games. So if people want to do those, they can, it doesn't interfere with a game, but then it limits the panels that we can do to like two a day. Well, and that also limits again, when you're talking about scheduling, right? 
it's the same problem that always comes up at a convention, right? When do I get to take my break to eat? Yep. Right. When do I get to take my break to relax? And maybe we, we do those panels. Maybe we do panels with like a snack table, right? Mm. Like not that we can do that at the DCC because we're not allowed to have outside food during the day, but um, you know, uh, it would be, or maybe we set the panels up. So like, you know, get your food, you can get your lunch at the concession stand, bring it on up. Like enjoy your, your food while we're doing the panel, you know, Um, I I don't know. I don't think that there's a perfect solution for it. I I think it's a a challenge. That's part of the deal is that you make choices. Yeah. You have to make choices. You have to make choices. You can't, there's very few times you're going to be able to do everything you want to do. Right. But I think we have the additional problem opportunity that people have to make choices, but a whole lot of people didn't know it was a choice because they did not even know that it was a thing they could have done. And that is a a huge opportunity for us. I do think it could be a simple, I have a giant whiteboard. I literally brought it with us. We didn't use it. No one's fault, but it was just not implemented. So maybe we prioritize that next year. we got a huge whiteboard. It could be the same thing. Like I want to play Scythe. I'm at table A5. Anybody wants to join, I'll be there for now. Like we could use it as like a looking for game board. Like we have, we have opportunities, we have equipment, but we just don't utilize it well. But some of that's again, there's so much going on. Like we're just like, again, said there were points where we were just surviving. We had one person running three desks. Other times we had nine people which again is an opportunity, but I want to focus on the positives. Yeah, um, of so Michael, I, I can see some of your positives this year. Uh, for me. Uh, well, um, again, uh, one of the, I think one of, if not the largest Academicon we've had so far. Yep. Absolutely. Um, this was our, our largest attendance ever. Um, I really enjoyed the, the crowd this year. It was a lot of people that like, just again, were happy to be there, happy to be there with their families or with, uh, friends just kind of having fun enjoying the enjoying the space enjoying what we had on offer and lots of people checking things out of the game library uh, which is such a great benefit that we can have that again that game library if you've never seen it in person is immense like the the sheer number of games that we have and couldn't even put out because we didn't have room for them there were boxes of games that we just never got even boxes they never got unpacked um those those things were amazing um i ran two games i ran two games of dragon bane which were both well received um i had great tables they uh, both tables were a lot of fun and did things a little bit differently one table was very much into the like the the heavy role playing the other table was very much into like the tactical side of things and they were both different and fun experiences got to do i got to run a panel uh, about character creation that was a lot of fun we we um, taught had a great discussion the people in the room asked some good questions you know again good times and then of course two nights of karaoke this year um the karaoke sessions are four hour blocks and they run uh friday night and saturday night and those are both long nights yeah but they are again a lot of fun you know I think the second night we had, there was a couple times where it was standing room only, um, which was fun to see, but also frustrating, yep. right? Uh, you want everybody to be able to participate if they can. And both nights we ended the night with, you know, we have more songs and more songs queued up than we have time for. Mm-hmm. 
Does that mean we start earlier next year? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know that, that I'd that like to make work. that commitment. Yeah, I don't want to put that much because it's already, like I said, it's a lot for you and John. You basically run that completely yourselves. It's eight hours. And I think that's probably more than any other one person or two people like have committed to. That's a lot to ask. And so I'm not going to ask you to do that, but I know you I mean, both also, and you enjoy doing it. So if you're like, we want to, I won't say no, but. I mean, consider it's eight hours, but even most of our slots, right? Most of our game slots are four hour slots. So if one person's running two games, you know, they've essentially taken up the same amount of time as a karaoke. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, that being said though, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's, I, we enjoy it or we wouldn't offer it. Sure. And I'm glad it's something that we can offer at a catacon uh, and keep it on site so that everybody has the chance to participate. Um, you know, we've talked about, or we initially talked about finding a place in town that could host it. Yeah. But I think the choice to do it in con on site was definitely the right choice. Um, you know, the first year we did it, we got that, that same big response. And then this year was also, it clearly was, uh, was fun and, yeah. I, again, I, I've actually had some feedback both ways. I have some people who are very appreciative that we do offer it on site. And a few people have said, you know, that's really something you should do off site. And you know, they gave their reasons why. Yeah. I Most of the have, people that want to do it off site is because they want to have drinks. They want to drink, uh, yeah. which again, totally fine. Yeah. But for me, I, I, I'm going to lean heavily into doing it there from a safety standpoint, not that yeah, we can sure. promise anything, but once you go off site and alcohol becomes involved, we can no longer control that, but it's still technically like an Akatacon event. Um, I think having it on site makes the most sense. Again, it's more family friendly. Everyone can it participate. Really is. We have, you know, there are a number of kids that participate every year and it's always fun to see the kids come up and like, you know, yeah. sing whatever songs that they want to sing and the parents out in the audience egging them on and, and then coming up and singing with them. Like, it's just a good time. Um, that being said again, like I, it was go, go, go for me from the, mo from the jump, even the times that I left myself to have nothing going on, there was something going on. Mm -hmm. um, and I always laugh because it's a blur. I always come to a catacomb with the attention of seeing and hanging out with so many people but that trickles down to like a handful of people that I end up getting to spend time with due to just the nature of the beast. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I like, I, I joked with Brad who unfortunately uh, wasn't able to be here tonight, but I joked with Brad because I, I literally, you know, I got to spend maybe just a couple hours with him for the entire four days we were there, you know? Um, and I look forward to seeing Brad every year. Uh, but yeah. I just didn't get to hang out. And that's like the, the downside, right? Like there's so many great people to see and so many wonderful people to hang out with and spend time with that. You got to pick and choose. And yeah, it, it truly, which is another reason why the faculty retreats have kind of evolved because that that's like our catacon. That's us. like our chance to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to worry about running the desk, which again, we love doing that, but you know. it's still work. Uh, and the faculty retreats are the non-work version of a catacon. Uh, so my, Michael, because so, again, because I can't see you sometimes, I, I don't know if you're <laughs> wanting to jump in. So if you yeah. need to jump in, just start yelling. We'll hear you and we'll let you yeah, in the conversation. Sure. Oh, I was enjoying the tete-a-tete. The, the -tete. Um, uh, oh, I'm and sorry. Let me pull my shirt up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, you can leave it where it is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Things that are not, unique about this specific convention. I don't want to pass it up. 
I want to echo a lot of the things that Michael W. already said. It's family friendly. It's got a good capacity, 500 plus people. It's not too large of a con, not too small of a con. You're, you've got enough space for, you know, all the events to go on. You've got separate rooms for, you know, private or quiet things or people to scream, you know, uh, cranberry zombie. You know, there's, there's so many good things that happen year over year. If I think about something specific or the things that are specific to this year, um, I, I would say that I, I did see more, I don't want to call them kids, but like young adults there. And maybe it's because I was looking for it. Because for me, I got to share with my nephew. My nephew's 13. He's starting to like discover like geekdom and and he did Harry Potter theater camp. So it was a good primer for mm. for ga- gaming and, and role playing. And to your point, the I think the RPG Academy or Junior Academy stuff lends itself to having those people come, even if they don't play in those events, right? Because it sets the tone that, okay, it's going to be okay, right? Like, what did my nephew, my 13-year-old nephew and I do, right? We played some board games, and we played in a B horror movie uh, comedy horror game, right? Because he likes that sort of stuff, right? So um, that that stood out uh, for me and seeing everybody's kids, right? When we look back 10 years ago, I think this was us, you know, trying to co- create a convention for us and our gals and bros, right? Um, and people we were close to. And now we're inviting kids to it. We're inviting the next generation. And uh, I think that's pretty, pretty darn cool. Yeah, I, I've said before that a catacon is the convention that I want to go to. Like, And, and all the decisions are kind of, it, it, they, there's at least a part of me that goes, is this something that I would want or would have wanted if I was, you know, like that the right age. And I think that's still kind of my guiding star. That's every decision I wanted to be at least somewhere in there of, is this the type of con that I would want to attend? And a catacon is absolutely now what I like, you know, again, I love Gen Con. Gen Con has got 80,000 people. No, I don't want 80,000 people to come to a catacon, but I want to offer a variety of things. I want there to be a variety of different types of games. I want it to be family friendly where you can bring your kids or you can bring your grandparents and have a good time. It's not perfect, but that is absolutely a guiding star for me. And that's like one reason why we don't charge per game. We don't have that $2 or $4 per event just because I, not that that's bad. It makes sense from a business standpoint. It's smarter than what we do, but it feels different. And I like yeah. the feel that we have there. I get that question at the desk, maybe a half a dozen to a dozen times a year of like, oh, and how much are the games to get into? We like, no, that gets you, you paid, you're in, you know, go enjoy the, enjoy. the show. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, though, again, I have had a few people say that we should charge <laughs> because sometimes events don't happen. Like they, they sign up for a game and then no one shows up and they're like, well, if they paid $4 to be here, I bet they would have. I don't know that's true because I go to GenCon every year. No. I pay sometimes I pay four and eight dollars, and sometimes I still don't show up because no, uh, that is that is patently untrue. That, that is, is an assumption. Uh, yes, uh, that, that Sunday eight AM game is going to be missing <laughs> some people. Okay, <laughs> no, I, and again, I've, I've said before, like when I when I do my GenCon schedule, the first thing I do is filter out games I don't care about. The second thing I do is filter out anything that starts before ten o'clock because <laughs> yes. I'm not going to be there. I know that by now. Uh, so just quickly again, cause I don't want to keep either of you here all night. I'm sure people will get tired of hearing this talk anyways, but, uh, some highlights for me, I got to bring my family this time. This was the first time for a catacon that I brought my boys and I brought the wife 
I got um, to meet your family for the first time. You got to meet the family. Uh, they look just like me. Like it, there's absolutely oh. no doubting that those boys are mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, Val does not look just like you. And that's no, very, we are important. from Kentucky and from the same hometown, but we are not related at least as far as I know. Um, I think you're safe. But, yeah. But, but that was special. And I don't, I don't want to get too far into it cause I will get emotional, but it was a really big deal for me to bring them. Like I've, I've taken them to a couple of small conventions locally. I've played in games with them. We got to play together. That was a big milestone for us, but they both ran events. And like, again, I've been podcasting now for going on like 13 years. I run a convention. I run games at Gen Con. I run games at, you know, other conventions regularly, but I never would have done that at their age. At their age, I was that gamer shame. I was an, I was a closeted gamer. Obviously, this was like in the 80s. You know, it's, it's a different time. But still, I would not have had the confidence to run an event at a convention at their age. And it makes me very proud and excited that they're both like, no big deal. Like, like why, why is that? I, I keep talking about, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like hugging them. And they're just like, dude, why are you acting weird? You're <laughs> acting weird. I'm like, because it's a big deal to me to share this with you and to see you already taking on that role of like a leadership role, you know, because it is a little bit of that. I think it's going to help them as they grow up and become people. But I just love the fact that they love this thing that I love. And they do. They both love it. Like they want to go to Gen Con now. And, and Val's like, no, Gen Con's daddy's thing. That's, that's, his, that's his thing. But we, like, we're going to probably go to Origins. It's a family to get this year. Sin City oh, Con, Lexicon. There's a whole bunch of other events that we are now like, this is now a thing that we do. We are a convention going family. And I absolutely over the moon about that. Uh, my wallet, not so much, but, uh, but otherwise it, it is super cool. I'm super excited. Uh, I, I love talking to them about their favorite games. And I did have someone uh, who played in John's game, send me an email to say that they, they were there with their daughter and they're like, my daughter loved the game that your son run. It was one of her favorite events. She just kept talking about all the stuff that was happening in it. And I, again, I almost teared up. And I, I, I told John about it. He's like, cool. Yeah, it was a good game. Like there's just, I don't know. There, <laughs> there's this is attitude of like, of course I ran a great game. Why wouldn't I? That it, I just don't understand it. But uh, I'm very proud of my boys. I'm so thankful that I can share this with them. And, uh, and they, now too. They're coming at it from a different place. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Uh, probably a healthier place, if I'm being oh, honest. For sure. Yeah. I mean, in their world, this is just something that's accepted that you do. Mm-hmm. The world that that you and myself and and I'm unseen Michael came from, um, that was a little different. Like, you know, for sure. Oftentimes, oftentimes, like you had a very core group of people you talked to about this, and that was it. That was it. I did not. I I kept it hidden from my girlfriend in college that I ran a game every Sunday. I told her I was playing cards because mm-hmm. she was a D1 athlete. I was a D2 athlete, right? Like I'm not telling them because who knows what flack she's yeah. going to catch from her team for that yeah. and vice versa. In my career, I lied to people all the time because like same thing, like if, I, if it sort of like came out that I was having friends over and people would just, you know, ask, hey, well, so what are you doing? I would say playing poker or playing video games, uh, which are also things I did. But sometimes I had like my D&D friends and I, there's no way I would let people know that's what I did. 
And then once the, the podcast started and I went to Gen Con that first year, then I wouldn't shut up about it. I told everybody about, I was playing D and D in a pocket. Like it, it completely changed my life, which I'm still so thankful that Gen Con did that. And that's why Catacon exists too, is because Gen Con was such a you know, revelation for me. It changed, it literally changed my life. And now I won't, I just tell everybody cause it's just part of who I am, but there was a long time where I would absolutely lie to people. But again, that's neither here nor there. Um, opportunities. I, I, I would like to look at a solution for the game library. Uh, I know like conventions like uh, Lexicon and SunCityCon, they have a digital solution where they have a little scan gun. They, and when you get your badge, it prints with a barcode. I don't know how they do that. And then that barcode is connected to your name. So they don't have to take an ID and you can track every game that was checked out. You just get a report at the end of the weekend. These are all the games that were checked out. Uh, these are the games that no one checked out. So maybe we don't bring them next year. These are the ones that were checked out continuously. Maybe we buy a second copy. Like I do like this sort of like family, just sort of like thrown together way that a catacon works that we just keep an idea. I get feels like us, but from a management solution, uh, it's yeah, kind of dumb. From a logistics. Logistics, it's so bad. We have yeah. people leave IDs. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just not, it's not the most efficient and that's one thing that my wife Valerie or, sec or secure. I mean, let's secure, be honest. Yes. I mean, if somebody's giving up their their state ID, you know, to borrow a game, I mean, that box could go missing, and yes. then we're then in what? a load of trouble. Yep. So Valerie's like, we don't want to take take IDs, and I tell people like, subway card works. I don't need your. I just need something with your name on it. Um, but really, we need to find a different solution. I don't think that would be too per too per it's super expensive. I just don't know the logistics of how we give everybody their own barcode. I'm sure it's easy. I just don't know how to do it. And I think that would be a great way for us to track that, be more successful. And I, I said before, I, oh, go ahead. I honestly think it's worth reaching out to like Sin City. County. I did. Like, I sent them an email. I oh. have not heard back. We're fr I'm friendly with them. I'm sure it's just a matter yeah. that they just got done with their event too. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I am looking into trying to figure out how to do that. Um, but I do like the flea market mentality of having all those games out, even if no one checks out half of them. I think there's something about digging through all the different boxes that's fun, but maybe not all the boxes. Maybe well, and, half of the boxes could stay at home and not get and, transferred every year. And part of that, too, is that, again, that's when we talk about a catacomb being like what you're looking for. Like a lot of this is like, what do you want in a convention? Like, what mm -hmm. would you go for? What would you find attractive? Uh, there's a lot of people that look at that game library and they're like, oh my God, that's, there's too much. Like, too I don't much, yeah. like, you know, you get that, uh, you know, analysis paralysis and suddenly there's too many games to pick from. I only had an hour to play something anyway. And now we're down to like a half hour because we took so long looking through the library. It's like when you go to um, Netflix and you go through tiles for yeah. 45 minutes and you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to bed. And then you just never yeah, watch it. <laughs> I don't have time to watch anything. Right. Um, so I think that's something that we, should consider as well you know i know there were some of the suggestions made by people this year were like oh, well you should have a, a book that people can like pet like parse through I'm like well that's just as bad like a physical book that you're flipping pages through to like that has pictures of the games and stuff in it is just as paralysis inducing as seeing tables full of games that you can then root through and decide yeah. what to play um I think if we're going to do a library like that, it might be fun to be able to do again, a digital solution that lets us say, here are the top 15 games that people are checking out right now. Like, um, or here's like 
like different game categories, right? So here's like a Euro, like a European resource management games. Here's all like here's a selection of the top ten of those that we have, or mm-hmm. like some kind of I don't want to say app, right? Because we don't want to necessarily push people to an app, but some way to look at the library and like specifically search for something that you might be interested in versus the walk and scan mm-hmm. the boxes hoping that that title pops out that you want to see you know um yeah i so think, I think it, it really all boils down to sorry to finish the thought there michael but it all just boils down to making it efficient for somebody to come over and find something they want to play and get it to a table as soon as possible so they get the most time on it right michael sorry yeah yeah i think you're in an interesting spot um i know we'll do deep dives later uh, and the convention is in an interesting spot in terms of uh, growth potential, right? Because I think, right, if you if you tell me there's going to be 250 people showing up, well, it's probably the way, it's good the way it is. If you tell me there's a thousand people that are going to show up, I'm going to lean towards, okay, well, we want some metrics and some better d- data recording of, mm-hmm. of it. And um, yeah, I think it's an interesting growth area for us all to look at to say, well, what what has the most value, and what what do people, uh, you know, find interesting? the The biggest point is, if you're listening, uh, the games library is huge. It's got a bunch of different types of game <laughs> types of games, and uh, it's everybody's nice. So if you have questions about stuff, just ask. Yeah, and and, we'll and also I know uh, Michael that a number of surveys were sent out to yep. attendees this year, uh, both to vendors to attendees. You know, um, those surveys help us figure out what what you as attendees and vendors, what you enjoyed about the convention, what worked for you and what didn't. Mm-hmm. And like, that's data that we desperately want to be able to go through and pour through and say, okay, yep. here's what we can do to increase the value added to those people that are coming year after year, like, you know, or to even just new people mm-hmm. to hear about it for the first time and show up and, Oh, here's all the neat things we can do here. Right. Um, I think those surveys are a, a big part of getting that information that we can look at and say, here's what works. Here's what doesn't. Here's what we can improve. Um, you know, here's what we can add. Right. Here's some new stuff we can do that we have never done before that, that people might really enjoy. Um, but I mean, on top of all that, I mean, it's, it's growing and it grows year by year. I mean, Michael, what was our, what were the attendance numbers this year? So there's always a little mud in the water, as I like of to course. say, because I'm from the backwards of Kentucky. But in the system, we had 521 badges. Now, that includes faculty, which was roughly on 18. That includes 30 vendors, because all the vendors get one. So you take like 40, 42 off the top of people who were not there just to play games. But though all the faculty, we all ran and played games. Most of our vendors ran and played games. So I, I don't feel bad about including them. But yeah. it's how, how do you calculate the, the, the right number? But it was still more than we've ever had before. So and then some of our vendors had like three or four people that came to help support them. So 521 in the system, I think I counted 547 um, lanyards because we had 600 lanyards that we bought. I think we had 57 left. Uh, but there were some people that lost a lanyard said, can I have another? So again, it's not a perfect metric. So roughly, yeah. I'm going to say like 500 people is probably a good number, uh, which is definitely more than we've ever had before. So growth, trying to track it as best we can. But I, there were more people there than last year. So that's good. That's what I'm And, I'll- you know, and, and our, and just, you know, again, from like a back end perspective, our metrics and our analysis, like they 
improve every year. Like mm-hmm. they have to, like we can't, you can't do an event like this and not take data from it. Right. right. And fig, try and make it, use that data to improve it. So um, I'm looking forward. I know we have a couple of people that are breaking down the survey data yep. as it comes in. I'm really looking forward to seeing what folks had to say and, and what they, what they liked and what they didn't like. So yeah. if I'll you're just out touch there on that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And you're, if you're out there and you're listening to this, and you were at a catacomb, please reach out yes. to reach out to through the podcast, reach out through social media. Let us know. Let us know what you liked. Let us know what you'd like to see at a catacomb. Like, right. And if it's something that we can make happen, I'm sure Michael, we certainly will. Yeah, we will do what we can to make it yeah. a better experience. I, again, I just want to touch on the surveys quickly as well, that I, as I tell people all the time in different facets of my life, positive p- feedback makes me feel better. Critical feedback can help me be better. So maybe a little bit of both. But there are a lot of these surveys. I've, I have looked at them. I try not to because I get focused on the negatives. But there are a whole bunch that are like really high scores with no notes, which great makes me feel better. But it's not really helpful other than to say what we did worked. So there's still a baseline of success. But there's also quite a few of like fours and fives with no notes. So that's it let me know that we could have done better, but it gives me no information on how. So if you were one of those people, again, I still thank you for taking the time, but you should be able to go back in the ed or just do another survey. Give us some specifics. Give us something that we can work on. I know there's a lot of people that don't like the DCC. I completely hear you. I know the food is too expensive and I know it's not that great. We cannot do anything about that. I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to be like, you know, your feedback is not helpful. We cannot fix that. So I do share that. I, I literally will take, I'll copy and paste every comment that's about the DCC and I will send it to them and say, this is what we got back. And this wasn't even a question about the DCC. We didn't say, what do you have to say about the DCC? This is what people just felt was important. And I share that with them every year. That's the most I can do for that. But if and it's I like. It's important for people, I think, to know as well that, you know, when we get that feedback, you know, Michael specifically, uh, Michael Ross, um, Michael has spent a lot of time and a number of our faculty have spent a lot of time looking for alternatives in the area. Yep. And unfortunately, because of the timing and because of our requirements, the things that we need, there are not a lot of options or something for, a, for a gathering that's our size in the, in that area of Ohio. That has our requirements. Like yeah, that's that the thing. Like, there's a lot of places that could do like a wedding reception. That's like six hours on a Saturday or something. That's reasonably priced, but they're not going to let us show up at seven and stay till 11, three days in a row. Those prices get astronomical. Like somebody mentioned this year, the Green County Fairgrounds sounded great. I emailed them immediately. Yes, they can do exactly what we want. And it's almost three times the cost that we, we can't afford that. Like literally my cost at the DCC this year was around 9,000. The estimate I got back from them was over 20,000 like closer to like 27. So it was almost three times the expense. Well, that just means we have to run the kit. We have to run the funding longer. That's all. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, The thing is, again, our total budget this year was over $20,000. The DCC made up nine of it. So it's roughly 50% of our total budget. It's the single most expensive item, but it's only like half of our budget. So we still got to add another 11,000. So we'd be literally looking at like almost a $40,000 budget to go to green County. No, like we would need like 3000 people before that becomes tenable. You're uh, good friends with Chappelle though. He's in Ohio. Right? That's like, true. I, I should see if he wants to come though. He said some things about current things that I'm anyway, you know, we're just talking about using his mansion. Okay, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
The Nutter Center was uh, a possibility. I did talk to them as well. They also would be a viable opportunity. They are not available on any of our dates. So even though they might have worked cost-wise, they can't work when we do it. So they're not a viable um, alternative. So again, I'm happy to say we're coming back to the DCC again next year. Uh, it's not officially yet. It's like 99%, but it's going to be November, or November 8th, 9th, and 10th are probably going to be our dates. Again, don't lock those in until you hear from it officially announced on Facebook, but that's 90% locked in. I'm excited about that. Though the funny thing for me that um, we were in a much bigger room this year that actually turned out to be probably too big. Like so one of the feedback we were getting consistently is that the room felt empty. So even though we had more people than we've ever had, it felt under attended in a way that room is not going to be available next year, but the room we normally use isn't either. So we're going to be in a different setup and it's going to involve two rooms that are adjacent to each other. So we're going to have to dev devise it a completely new layout. Registration will look different, open tables, vendors. Like we, we got to figure out what the best use of space is, but we are starting from square zero, which is, I say fun in that way that if you see me, I'm like shrinking into myself uh, because it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work. I have no skill at that. I just, I've just done it a bunch, but I will spend, roughly a thousand hours working on it trying to figure he can't out <laughs> wait to start doing autocad and gantt charts and v lookups oh those are words that i know uh <laughs> but but we're going to do the best with like that that is my promise we're going to do the best we can is it going to be perfect no but we are going to do everything we can to make sure that everyone who sure. shows up has a great time and we will do what we can uh one other thing i do want to mention just because i've had several emails about this i don't know what happened but several people are getting spam emails. Try, people are trying to sell like the attendee list. Like, hey, we will give you the emails of everyone who went to a catacon if you buy it from us. We didn't sell that. I have, I assume it's just straight spam. Like someone has gotten a catacon off like a web crawler, but it's not anything to do with us. And unless tabletop events or Kickstarter was hacked, I don't know how they got emails either. So Please don't blame me. It wasn't me. I did not sell your information to anyone. I I don't know what that's about. I got the same email. I just blocked it, and moved on. But you but are it, you are driving that that uh, that pretty cherry 2013 <laughs> Toyota Corolla that you just got, right? Yeah. With all no, that I'm, email I'm list money. I'm driving the 2010 Honda Odyssey. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and a 20 uh, 2009 Toyota Camry that, that I'm hoping that will email last list money years. paid for a new <sighs> set of tires and an oil change. Yeah. That's How did this guy <laughs> afford a 10 year old van? <laughs> <laughs> so I get, I do feel bad, but that had nothing to do with us. All right. So I want to end on a, a high note. Canacom was great. I just dropped something. Uh, highest attendance ever. We're probably, I'm still going to say probably, probably not going to use Kickstarter next year. I really think we're at the point where we don't need it anymore. We're at and that I tipping kinda, point, right? We're, we're, we're right at that tipping point because we actually lost more money by using it than we gained by using it. But the, the other side of that is that Kickstarter inf um, incentivizes buying your badge in a certain time frame, which means we have the money we need to put down like our deposits. If we just go straight to tabletop events, we will, we would, if we one to one this year, we would have made more money, but that money might have gotten spread out over a three month period, which means I would have to put things on my credit card for longer, which might end up costing us more in fees and, and interest payments. And also just my anxiety of like, oh God, when am I going to have enough to pay off this $9,000 DCC bill? Uh, but I think it's also like a graduation thing for me. I think walking away from Kickstarter shows a maturity of our event and a stability of our event that if we can do that next year and it works and I don't die, then I think that's a step to say, okay, we, 
we aren't just a bunch of people who like doing this. Like it is a thing now, if that makes sense. So support your friendly local hood, friend, extra friendly gaming convention and actually purchase the ticket early. Yes. If you can, because you know, you're going to come. Yeah. Um, It looks as though Michael, we may have a wild Brad may be joining the conversation. A Wild Brad has been seen in the woods outside of a catacomb has appeared Uh, Q non uh, music from uh, a video game. Right. A new challenger has entered the arena. <laughs> a new challenger has it. Yeah. You've activated my trap card. I don't even know what that means. I just, my, my kids play that all the time. So we definitely, <laughs> we definitely want to hold around long enough if we get Brad on here because we, we definitely got to talk to Brad. We all love Brad. Yeah. Uh, but was there best? So I guess we'll just, while well, we're waiting to find out for sure, well, vamp. We'll let's vamp. Vamp. Um, so the game library, just talk about, there is a physical book that I have made. It's, it's a little bit outdated, but it has every game I have. Um, it's not, there's no picture. So it's not like each game has its own page. It's on like a spreadsheet, which is also on Google, which is updated, but it's broken down by category. So you can search and filter by game, uh, difficulty, like, like weight, uh, ranking, uh, theme title. So that is something that is available online. So maybe we dedicate a laptop and a monitor next year to that and say, here's the game library computer, you know, just basically make it, this is the only thing you can look at that would allow people to do that. Um, but if you, there's a game we don't own that you think we should, that's something you can put on a survey and I will buy that game. Cause in that $20,000 that we had a budget, there's like a thousand dollars that was just buying games that I put on there. So if someone said, Hey, like blood on the clock tower, I bought that game. It was like $170. Um, I don't know if you got checked out, but people told me they wanted it. So I bought it. People check it out. It's as easy as that. Um, if you, there's a game we don't already have that you think we should tell me, I will probably buy it and put it into the uh, game library because that's what we do here. That is what we do here. And if you, uh, if you're trying to get people into gaming, uh, I think all of us are success stories of other people in our life that we thought would never be gamers or weren't sure if they would be. Um, right. Like even your wife said, you know, this thing's pretty cool, right? It, when, it is. She... Uh, it's, it's funny, actually, I got um, twisted. I was going to bring that up. So she's still not like, like she does like some board games. There's, and the ones that she likes, she really likes, but she only likes a few, but she's not into role-playing at all. But she has gotten kind of invested in a catacomb now to the point that she, she wants to go to Origins as a volunteer uh, to get a free badge and then just like learn. Like she wants to like, you know, not like be serious, but she's like going to take notes on like how they do things and what we can incorporate. So she's really invested in improving the processes, which is also related to kind of what she does for her day job. So like she's bringing her expertise to like how she can improve, which is amazing, but also annoying because I, I got to hear the whole way home, all her ideas on how she could like, <laughs> I've been, this is like our 11th year, right? I've been doing this for a while. And she was just going, you, you could do this better. You could do this better. You could do this better. And it's not that she's wrong. Just, you know, not don't hit me with all of the things that I did terrible this weekend at one time. Spread them out over over a little bit. Hey, we a got wild, a Brad. A wild Brad has appeared. Uh, hello. hello, hello. Uh, so we said a lot of terrible things about you. Um, you should, but, frankly, yeah. that that I would be I would be more upset if you didn't say terrible things about me. They were yeah. all true. Yeah, they You're are also no. in a, a Michael triumvirate in a Brad. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I I've always wanted to be in this position. You are the you are the Brad in a Michael Triple Decker. Awesome. 
what what more what is best in life this this is um, best in life you did this miss me lamenting life. that i did not get to hang out with you more that you is specifically called you out because i didn't yeah. get to hang out with you more. it's like a 12 yep. minute segment I'll I'll have to catch it on uh, when when it goes. You I'll, know, I'll probably uh, edit it out. It oh, okay, yeah. that, that's it, fine. Cutting room floor. I mean, most yeah. of what I said, Michael's not going <laughs> to use. Uh, I'll just I'll I'll do like that AI bot where I'll just I'll make you say things that you completely didn't say. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, fine. So so Brad, again, we we as we always like to do on these. Um, I know you just just got here, so you didn't get a chance to stretch, but you're going to jump into the marathon. Uh, some highlights from this year, things that went particularly well, either that you were actively involved in or just things that you saw that you're like, hey, that's a cool thing that happened this year. I, I guess starting at the beginning, I think it was really cool when we walked in and how big the room was and thought, this, hey, this is a catacon. You know, it's like, boom, here it is. Um, but it's always like that every year, but this year was even more of, you know, just cause we had the big room. We had the big room. We did. We so had the big room. room. Hey, now remember there was size, so much. size is not as important as you're making it seem, Brad. Uh, <laughs> but it was I, a girthy been, room too. It wasn't I've just a long that. room. It was a girthy mm-hmm. room. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't get me started guys. This is, this is, this is, or is, <laughs> we'll have to turn this into a detention. <laughs> going to be a, a catacomb discussion after dark that's right <laughs> although it is after dark so it, i yep. mean yep well, yeah, it's definitely dark out there thank it's you for joining right. us uh welcome to wkrp a catacon news where we bring you the spiciest news are you less nesman is that what <laughs> no. we're getting at <laughs> yes. this, this is more news with less nesman coming to you live <laughs> yep i am a program director that is my, one of my part-time jobs is i run a radio station so yeah, yeah, so I get Brad. So so please, Brad. Uh, other things that you are positive about this year. Um, we uh, we had more people than we've ever had, which was uh, that is correct, fantastic. Yes. Um, we had a lot of help uh, of of people um that came up and said, "Hey, I want to help you guys," which was really nice. It again, I, I don't really keep talking, but. but... I think I've said that before you people, the faculty continually just flabbergast me the, the willingness that you have to help out, but doubly so people who don't know us, like they're not like RPG Academy followers. They may not have, you know, they probably have come to a catacomb a couple of times, but we have people coming out of the woodwork who are like, can I help? Can I, yeah. what can I do to make your life easier? And it, Again, it's so incredible. So I'm glad you said that because I think I mentioned about the faculty, but but yeah, there's people that just show up and like, hey, how can I help you? And yep. that is incredible. And uh, and uh, the murder mystery went. It was a success. It was a success. Again. There was a murder, and it was solved. Yes. Um. Th- those are those are the you know the 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 top things I I saw. So what about what could we do better? What what were some opportunities you saw for improvement? Either changing or new things we could do well um more dice okay definitely more (laughs) dice because (laughs) so many people wanted to buy dice and i can't believe that we sold out of dice yeah that's on the list already i've already adjusted next year's budget to account for a thousand die instead of 700 nice Uh, 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 
Has someone already made the joke a D a thousand? A D a thousand. Yep, that is going to happen. Yeah. Well, uh, we're well, also going know, to have a D six and a D twelve next year. Yeah, so, nice. I was going to say next year is definitely the D twelve year. So it is the the right, my current title is the twelfth Catacon. <laughs> oh my god, I, I like it. I um I wasn't sure if that was open for discussion on the uh on yeah. the catacon recap so or not, we're still we're probably we'll have like that. a theme logo but just like on the title of the tte site it says a catacon 2024 colon the 12th a catacon. <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait to drink and talk about how what what pun we should use for next year's convention <laughs> yep there's so many when do, <laughs> when do we when do we get to add the my back into a catacon. Academy con. Oh, Academy con. Academy con. Academy. Academy. Got a he. I lost it. Thank you. You found it. Um, oh, boy. So I, I will say that um, I am not necessarily as just opposed to a rebrand, but it would have to be perfect like i wouldn't change it just to make it a little different because that's like academy con there might be an argument that it's a better name but i think we now have 10 11 years of brand history with a catacon so unless someone's we like have, we have 10 or 11 years of people of confusing people thinking that they're going to be playing pac-man correct and i don't want to lose that history <laughs> unless it's perfect and unfortunately there's already a perfect convention it's called Daycon. i go to it every year uh, it's a two-day convention ran by a friend of mine named Randy up in the Dayton area. Uh, Ooh, let's let's do Nightcon, Night Daycon, and Nightcon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but like a K, can Nightcon? No, no, we'll we'll just call it uh, Nightcon. I have a room in my house with a sheet of paper on it that just has the word AcademyCon written on it, and I go in there occasionally. And I say, "Not it's yet, just, buddy." That's the Not only yet. thing. It's the only thing in that room. It's sitting on a on a yeah. card table in the middle of an empty room. That's it's that it. Iron Man scene uh, with War Machine next time, baby. Maybe, maybe next year, but maybe next year, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I can't think of like the only thing I'm leaning towards. It had to be D12 related, like Dodecahedron Con or whatever the correct name for D12 would be. Um, Dicon D12 Con D12s. Ugh. It's the best. It's the best. Um, but I love. I do love a Catacon. Like it's. It's so pure, just like the D6s we had this year. I said they were deliciously ugly. A catacon <laughs> is like perfectly terrible in a way that I enjoy. I feel like you're not really selling it, Michael. <laughs> oh, he's selling it. Come to a catacon. <laughs> it's deliciously terrible. It's deliciously bad, <laughs> but in a fun look, way. Look, people eat at McDonald's, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, that's not delicious. <laughs> a catacon, people eat at White Castle. A catacon is short for the Academy, Academy, Academy the White Convention. Castle of conventions. <laughs> I'll fight you on White Castles. <laughs> God, we didn't start having fun until Brad showed up. That's know? true. We it's really just, it was all like yeah. serious yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the entire yeah. conversation beforehand was just all yeah, it was all. Yeah. I, I'm glad that I, I I could contribute to bringing down the discussion into chaos. <laughs> so you are the albatross to our Pequot. <laughs> you know what they say about the Chaos Army. It's they're, chaotic. They're curiously well organized. <laughs> <laughs> so again, love a catacon. I I want people to tell their friends because again, that's how we grow organically. Is that if like 30 people, 40 people showed up this year that never came. 
maybe half of them will be able to come next year, family commitments, new job, maybe they move. But if half of them come back and they can bring a friend or their family, we will continue that growth. And like I think like 750, I think around 750 is where I think we could get to that point. I think we can we can manage that as we are. If we grow beyond that, there's going to be some fundamental changes of like, this is now an actual business. We're going to have to like hire people to manage things. Uh, which if that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. But I think up to around 750, we can still do what we're doing and just make it this thing that we do because we we love it um, and just kind of keep it. The I don't, I don't know. I'm talking on my butt now because maybe if we get to 2000, there's maybe we can still do that. I, don't, I hope so. I don't know. But uh, I don't think we're going to get to 750 next year, but 600 would be great. That'd be, that'd be a good round number. It's also half of 12. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's got that. We just need that one shout out from the Swifties, you know? Oh, phew. That, yeah, that would be great. Uh, but that is the thing. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it to you four or you three. There's four of us. Um, I count here. Uh, but that is absolutely an opportunity for us is marketing. And we, that's something we ask everybody when they would come in like, hey, have you been here before? Because I know Brad and I have said that 700 times. Have you been here before? No. Oh, do you mind telling us how you heard about us? And it's part of the survey. What can we do to increase our saturation in Dayton? Because it's great if, you know, we got the few people that drove from Nebraska or St. Louis, people, sometimes people flow in from California. Uh, they come because they already know us, probably because from the podcast. But there are still plenty of people that live within like a 50 mile radius of Dayton. They have no idea we exist. How do we change that? Uh, and I, it's not a discussion we necessarily need to have in this moment, but that's what, I want us to think about that. Oh, I no, want people I, doing surveys to think about that I, and to help us. I think that requires boots on the ground in the area for one. And I think that also requires a catacomb to be sponsoring events through the year. Like, like whether that's sponsoring small events at game stores or, you know, little things here and there. Like, I think that's how you get, that's how you get the convention's name out there. Like, Mm -hmm. especially in the, in the audiences and the people that we want to come. Right. Because you know, Joe Blow, I mean, it'd be fun if you got just like a rando, like super casual gamer to check it out, but you want, you want your core audience to know you exist. And most of your core audience is going to be at those game stores at, you know, at, at similar types of events in Dayton. And I think it really requires having somebody local that is going to be able to say, oh, here's this cool stuff that's coming up. How can I get a catacons name attached to it? Mm-hmm. Whether that's, you know, small stipends here or there to like fund, you know, to like, you know, put like some names or flyers out or, you know, you know, a prize being sponsored by a catacomb for an event or something like that, you know, but there's, uh, there's certainly ways to do it. But I, I think we were, you know, we got a news push, a couple of news pushes this year. We got a number the it was in the paper. It was on, you know, a couple of Dayton news sites this year so that we got a larger exposure um, which may have resulted in more people like more of that foot traffic coming in right yeah the, the, the foot badges the foot badges the yeah. the foot traffic the the, the foot clan the foot, exactly the foot the ninja. Clan showed up yeah the foot clan showed up but I the think, entire foot clan was there yeah they really were um you we couldn't see them <laughs> you just couldn't see them there are ninjas um, everywhere but i think that's part of it i think it's just you have to saturate the area through the year 
like to get that name recognition so that when we start actually when we put the flyers out when we put those things up people are like oh a catacon i know what that is mm-hmm. oh it's it's in november cool let's go instead of like seeing a flyer for it not necessarily being sure what it is that's it's clearly a convention but you know building that name recognition over time versus that drop that we right. try to do beforehand yeah no i, I definitely that's uh yeah. One of the things I'm trying Sorry, to do this I year. I went a little long on that. No, no, I, I agree with everything you said, uh, but that is one thing I'm trying to do this year is to make those choices about when and where right away. Like usually we're like after a catacon, I go into hibernation and I try not to think about it for six months because I, I need that, you know, brain space. But then that's where we're like, okay, we, we got to set our dates. And so I want to know as I said, we're pretty much come back to DCC unless something drastic changes and we're pretty much know our dates unless something drastic changes. But when we finalize that, put it on a business card, put it on flyers, we'll start talking about that in December, in January, in February, in March, and not wait till August to start talking about it and couple that with local gaming stores trying to be there for gaming events. But again, there's just some real world logistics issues where I moved. I'm no longer that close to Dayton. Uh, not that I have to be the only one that does it, but it's not really fair if you all work really hard to help me out. It's not really fair for you to give up other weekends. Like that should be a thing that I do, but it's really, really difficult for me to do that. So maybe I just got to like pick a few weekends and just drive up to Dayton for a weekend as part of the, you know, marketing push. But I think this also goes back to, again, using the resources you have in the area, right? There are a number of Dayton locals that, have been more than willing to put some time in and it's about having the conversations with them to say, okay, here, let's, let's work on a plan. Right. And let's see what time people have available and when they can do things. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot that can be done without having you having to bear that on your all on your shoulders. Yeah. Again, Bob, Emma and Brian and Brian are the ones that really just sort of like helped us out. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. Again, I, I don't know why. I truly don't. I'm not like trying to false humility. I do not understand why any of you help me as much as you do. And I certainly don't understand why people like Bob and Emma and Brian and it, Brian do because that's for not the eventual anyway. It's for the eventual notoriety. <laughs> it's like XP. This is a side quest. They're trying to level up, you know, so they can go find the dragon. <laughs> I mean, we're we're all grinding out our time with a catacomb, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh again, I love my boys, don't get me wrong. Ugh. Uh but Jacob on the way home goes, when you die, who gets a catacomb? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can I have your watch when you are dead? And did you answer with the correct answer? Uh, I told You're going to get buried and you're going to get buried with it. No, I, oh. I said, I don't know that either of you would want to do it. But as we get closer to that, I'll see. But it'll probably be beta because that's kind it'll of the, be... the inside joke that I love my cat more than them. And I tell them all the time that beta is my favorite child. So technically beta would get it. Yeah. I think that's, that's the question you answer with, Oh, the pit fight will decide. <laughs> <laughs> well, whichever one of you is dumber is the one that will take it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so we'll, we have, I haven't decided yet. Uh, on that. Which one of you wants to punish themselves more? Yeah. Uh, Two GMs enter. <laughs> that would be a fun thing. at Catacons like an iron GM contest. I know Brad's done that a couple of times at Gen Con. That would be a fun thing to do. I I did that one time and it was a thing. <laughs> and um I I enjoyed it. Uh, but wow, I 
that it would be exciting and i think it's an opportunity to discuss mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh but you're probably going to need about triple the amount of giveaways yeah there's a lot that goes into that um not necessarily related but just made me think of it i had someone suggest we reach out to the 501 first the, the star wars cosplay there's apparently a group in ohio yeah um and i did i looked into it and they will attend for free like they don't charge an appearance fee but you have to pay travel play, uh, room and you have to provide them a place to change and keep their other stuff secure which at the dcc means we're looking at like three thousand dollars for all mm-hmm. of that so it's just not possible, unfortunately. That's the, that's what we really we need a sponsor, and not necessarily like a game store makes the most sense. But we need like a business in Dayton to be like, we will be your primary sponsor. We will help logistically with all the stuff. What's your stance you on bars? Because there's a lot of bars in Dayton. This is well. This was also the first year I think that we had some official like Dayton representation from restaurants. Like Lily's, for example, was giving yep. an Acadicon discount. I know there was a couple. There were a couple of other restaurants, I think, that were also involved. Or was Lily's the only one that was giving So Lily's is owned and operated, if I understand, by the same. There's like a, a group that runs like two different restaurants. So it was both of the restaurants that that person or group okay. is, is oh. over. Um, but yeah, we've had a couple other like local, uh, like some of the vendors, obviously, like the couple of local, local game stores that came to vend there. And um, I mean, that's definitely we want to continue to, uh, those, to, to work through those relationships. And a, a game store is it makes the most sense, but I wonder if there isn't a economic advantage to trying to find like a, like a bar, for example, or like maybe I don't know, public library, like some sort of like space that would also be able to work with us and, and then sponsor us and like at a high level uh, to give us just some funds that we could use to throw at things. That would be, that'd be great. So if there's any like millionaire, billionaire, like philanthropists out there who just want like a pet cause, I'll be your pet. Hey, uh, Dayton, we're looking for nerds with money. You know, I, I'm sure that we can come to some arrangement where someone could hire Michael to be, or any of us to be like, you know, their personal GM. I'm sure we could figure some some arrangement out like that. We, we could figure out something. Uh, I'm not opposed I'll to that. I'll wear pretty much anything. So I'll wear nothing. Yeah. The gaming community <laughs> is the history of oral tradition. We're very <laughs> worth it. Vote for us. There, there is like the Dayton Dragons. It's like a like a minor league baseball team. Like that seems they like are. that's a, that's like a like a match that we could try to find. Like have a oh, yeah, no, for night. sure. Uh, everybody gets for a sure. Flight. We should definitely find a sports team to sponsor our gaming. Weekend. I mean, Michael's D two. I mean, he's got to have some connections back in the day, right? You can get us on the field. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get him in there for wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, I mean, a wrestling event, a wrestling like uh, a wrestling yeah. role playing event would be huge. There oh, are yeah. wrestling RPG LARPs like there we, could, are. we could do a, a version of that. Oh, yeah, brother. I'm <laughs> fairly sure Bob and Emma would be on board. That's true. I know yeah, Emma, I know Emma is a huge fan of, of wrestling. I will only wrestle Bob for charity. <laughs> <laughs> oh no that's def- that's that's like a that's a hulk hogan andre the giant match right there unless liability insurance is or covered, sorry no, no bob would I throw me around the ring like a dart no that's more of rowdy 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 piper and the undertaker i think bob is just so tall bite, bite his knees which version of the undertaker are we talking here are we talking the dead man or you know early undertaker or i mean yeah, they're both all um, the i don't know one. enough of the undertaker variants to make a, an educated <laughs> decision knowing how Fair athletic enough. i am now it's the undertaker now 
Okay. So, oh, funny, the funny side story. This is absolutely completely unrelated to anything we're talking about, but a good friend of mine um, went to his daughter's graduation here in, in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, Kalamazoo, Michigan area. They're up in Grand Rapids. Daughter graduated from high school at his daughter's graduation. The undertaker. Oh, just sitting in the stands. Just like he literally like has, has a picture of the undertaker towering over these other parents, <laughs> just sitting there, like looking real proud. That's great. That's just, awesome. like his thing it was he just crashes weddings. <laughs> uh, apparently uh, like his ex lives in the area. So it's his kid. Mm. He was going for his kid's graduation, but like he doesn't live around there. His ex does. And so that was apparently the thing. But it was just so funny because you see, like, you know, you're looking at the bleachers and it's like parent, 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 Undertaker, parent, 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 parent. <laughs> I was really the hoping dude he was is, cra- the dude is huge. I really hope that he was like crashing yeah. weddings. Like we could have some like Owen oh. Wilson, Vince Vaughn. I'd be like Undertaker. Or like he came to the came to the graduation in costume, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah, he's there dragging a big coffin behind him. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So if anyone I'm gonna leave all this in. <laughs> so if anyone's still listening. This is why a catacomb exists because we just like hanging out with each other. And a catacomb was the excuse that we used at first to do that. But then it became its own thing. And now the faculty retreats are when we get to do this in person. So that's why we do that twice a year. And again, eventually it'll be four. I'm, I'm, we're going to have a quarterly faculty retreat before it's all said and done. Well, it'll be a business meeting at that person. Exactly. exactly. Right. We're so invested in this world and sharing this with people that we're willing to sacrifice our weekend because we only want to share it with people. Yeah, it's just, it is so, it's so fun just to hang out and do this thing. And, and, and truly to, to circle this back around to a catacomb, because we're about done, we'll sign off. I have that. I don't exactly know what the the correct term. I call it the people pleaser gene. I enjoy providing things for other people to do that brings them joy. Like I get something from that. Like I've always been that way when I was kids. My house was the house that everyone came to and spent the night. And we had sleepovers and did things. In college, I had the dorm room that everyone came to. And we hung out in my dorm room and we did things. And when we had poker league up in Cincinnati, I was the house that we had the poker league. Everyone came to our house to play poker. So that's just always been who I am. So I do get something from it. I get into like when someone says to me, I had a great time at your event, or this is one of my favorite events, or this is like, I plan for this every year. I do get something from that. It is, it is a, an emotional, you know, gift that I get from that. So it's not, we don't get anything from it. I get that from it. And I enjoyed that so much that it becomes worth it when enough people say, this is a thing I like to do. I'm, I'm happy that you do this. Please come back. Like I absolutely get, you know, something joy from that um which is one of the reasons why we keep doing it even though there was a period of time where it was awful and i hated it other than the weekend itself we're past that we're we're in the goldilocks zone now this is like so much fun we make enough money to make it we can like roll a little bit over maybe someday we'll make enough to actually start paying ourselves not this year but maybe next year that's that, that's just maybe next. it's like we're like the browns not this year it's a rebuilding year this is a rebuilding year <laughs> but maybe next year as long as we're not like the lions we're good okay all right. So final thoughts, Michael, that I can't see anything you would leave anyone listening for next year. Um, yeah, I'm not crazy. It's a catacon. It's the one four nights of the year when everybody's a little nicer, when we smile a little easier, <laughs> when we share a little more for a couple of hours out of the whole year. 
we are the people that we always hoped we would be. It's a miracle. It's really some sort of miracle. I definitely did not steal that from Scrooge. I was say I'm no. hoping that you did that oh, from that? off the dome. Yeah, I that did. was a, that was nice. That, <laughs> that was, was I'm I'm impressed. That was great. Inspired. Uh, Michael W. Or also Michael, I can see. Any final thoughts that you'd leave for people? Visible Michael. Visible Michael. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll echo what we've said so many times here. I mean, put it on the calendar for next year. Put some time aside. Come out. Bring some friends or make some new ones Yep. when you're there and just come out and have fun with us. It's a, it's a very low cost weekend. Um, Dayton is not an expensive town by any means. And um, I think you're, you'll find you have a lot of fun. You're going to find uh, people you get along with. You'll find your people at a catacomb. If, unless if you bring them or if you find them there and yeah, Please join us. It's so it's such a good time. And while you're at it, make a habit of listening to the RPG Academy uh, through the course of the year, so you can not only find out more about a catacon, but uh, find out more about this lovable cast of characters you'll meet at the convention. Absolutely, that that is a highlight for many people. Putting names to faces and voices. All right, Bradley. What more could I say after following Michael? That is, uh, he he nailed it. So, um, come out. It's a great time and, uh, you, you won't be sad you did. Last thing I will just say is, uh, follow us on Facebook. I hate Facebook, but it works really well for this particular thing that we do. Um, I'm getting away from Twitter. I am on blue sky, but I don't really use it. So Facebook is kind of the, the best way to, there's not a lot there. I'm not going to post a whole bunch of nonsense. It'll be our catacomb related when we make official announcements and dates and when badges go on sale and all the information will be there. So it's just a really easy way for you to keep up and uh, and be informed when things go live. And then as I think one of the Michael said, when we do go live on TTE, if you are able to buy a badge early, please do. It will absolutely make my life easier if I have an influx of, of money that I can use to pay those deposits right away uh, because more than likely we're not going to do Kickstarter this year. More than likely, we're going to be back at the DCC. More than likely, it's going to be November 8th, 9th, and 10th. And um, just love to see you there. And yeah, listen to our shows. We do, I think, really good stuff. We've been doing it for a very long time. There's probably an episode somewhere that if you listen to all of them, you'd have a favorite. But uh, I don't know which one that'd be because there's like a thousand and something. All right. (laughs) So we're going to wrap this nonsense up. Thank you all for everything you've always done. You continue to do not only just for a catacomb, but for being part of my life. Um, Just to get very emotional very quickly. I, I don't have contact with my family. You are my family. You're my family family. And I love all of you. And it means so much to me that you're in my life, which is the reason I don't want to get rid of Twitter because I only have you in my life because of Twitter. I don't, <laughs> uh, um, but I truly do love you. So thank you all. And uh, hopefully we'll see each other soon uh, in March, April, play a bunch of games together, maybe do some catacon work, and then we'll start making official announcements. Uh, but we will wrap up as we always do here at the RPG Academy by saying, if you're having fun, you're doing, You're doing it, it right. right. I'm going to leave all that wow, in. Wow, that was not great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you, <laughs> gentlemen. Then it, then it's perfect. It's exactly that's, that's, that's perfect. Is the perfect and we had fun. Perfection. We had fun. <laughs>